any questions and reflections before we carry on. Steve, as we seek to reach the second city, mm. um, any practical tips of what that could look like if we were to see, uh, let's say, a couple of new families from different parts of Dublin coming in that we, we don't have any connection to, with nothing in common with me, particularly my accent. Any, any thoughts about what one might look like to share, share life with them, considering we're coming, or many of us are coming from the other city? Yeah. Not to fake it. Mm. We are who we are. That's fine. Now we need to be sensitive to cultures and people and the fact that many of us are blowins, <laughs> to use the local term. And so you can have a humility about that. But I doubt I, we mustn't. We mustn't get paranoid or insecure or panicky about it either. Just be real. When I when I I was before we came here. I, I uh, Leanne and I came for one visit and I came for about three or four more before we arrived like you know just to meet people and I got on Skype as Zoom hadn't existed by the way but then I got onto <laughs> Skype as many times as uh, as I could with anyone and I remember chatting to this guy called Clem Hegarty who leads Swords Baptist Church and he's from Cork originally and someone had put me on to him and said oh, I used to have a chat with, with Clem and I said you know what are they going to think of this English guy and you know coming out and he said Steve if you love people that's all that matters and I remember my heart being freed by that, just one simple insight. If you love people, it doesn't matter. So what's the practical tip? Just love people and be who you are. You know, you can't be anything but you are, just love people. And it certainly freed my heart when I was thinking about it. Uh, but, you know, I had to also learn some cultural insights and tips and some of the history around England and Ireland is a bit, you know, um, and, and how I might be perceived and all the rest. I, I, don't, I shouldn't be naive for those things either and be sensitive where I can, you know. Um, so. Can I ask? Please. Um, so obviously I think our church is so good at like reaching the younger generation. Yeah. I think it, there is a place for families. But there obviously is like a lack of anyone kind of over the age of like 45. <laughs> and that is like, you know, that's on the path of population. So I don't know what the technical words are. But, you know, that is, like, one of those two cities is, like, that right. includes older people. Yeah. Um, and I think that has a lot of different issues because if people are, like, native Irish, you know, they've been brought up and their knowledge of religion and God is the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know, like, how do we how do we reach them? How do we reach that side? Well, if we all stick around for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I say, I'm actually kind of serious. There's one part of it, if we do stick it, that's kind of the point, not that anyone, everyone should be free to do whatever, but like, as in, there's a sense in which, there's a sense in which if we did all stick around for 10 or 20 years, imagine the difference we'd make to the city. There's a sense in which that's true. If we all committed, like, you don't, there's no burden, like, we're going to come to it, sincere hearts, glad and sincere hearts, this is a God thing, not a pressure thing. But if we were to, like, imagine. And everyone bought into sports teams and local schools and got involved in the school governors and served in the local hospital and whatever. And we did it for 10, 20 years. And we all turned up to be 45 by then. I think everyone in this room would be coming up to that. <laughs> Might be a few near 40. <laughs> and some of us would be near 60. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of the point, right? The Jews in New York did it, right? They, they invested in New York together. They figured it out. They bought houses together. They got jobs for one another. And they absolutely shaped the culture of New York. And they kind of had that 
uh, exile mindset, we can go and be a people in another culture and make a difference if we stick around for a hundred years, you know? So it is possible. Uh, the flip side of that, more short-term and practical, I think a morning congregation will help us. If you're 45 and you've got a 10-year-old kid or, a, you know, morning, I think church might help, or even just babies. So I think that, I don't know, we'll, we'll find out, God willing, when we do it, but I think practically that would help us. So, yeah. I think another practical thing is, if you see a family, don't assume that... Family units can often be intimidating if you're the, like a single person or a couple, because you're going, like, they've got each other, they're sorted. And so often families get missed. Because in one sense, they're not lonely because they've got one another. But then what happens is often no one really engages with the family. Or they engage with their kids. And the moment that again, no one's ever spoken to me and find out anything about it is chat with my kids. So another practical thing is if families do turn up, make an effort to go and speak to them and chat to the adults, not just the kids. Uh, that'd be one practical tip as well. So yeah, Great. Any other reflections? What about the in-between people? Just, and you know you went to the transient city like a couple of years and then those who either grew up in Dublin or live in Dublin as their home for the majority of, say, their children's lives yeah, yeah. 20 years. What about those who maybe stick around for five, six, seven years and then move? Yeah, same, of- I think. I mean, that's, yeah, where do you put them? You could put them in either city, to be honest, you know, but yeah. I'd probably put that more in the transient group still. There's a sense in which they're not going to bear down and make home here. Um, but I think, you know, we need to love them and care for them and involve them and include them and be church family and all the rest and reach them. So, uh, you know, I think I think we do a good job of that right now, Grace. I think there's lots of people that are here for one to seven years, and we've yeah, done a great. Years, yeah, yeah, no, but it's a good but point. Like, be, be, like, so even I know, obviously, our family, as in, we're not, we didn't grow up where we're from, but we all left at twenty years on. Yeah. Where um, we didn't grow up where we're from, that it is, it's a very long piece of time. Yeah. But families do grow up, and people do move on, and they move back home, and they move wherever they're going. Exactly. Yeah. It is. I was just, yeah, just thinking about that kind of. Those people who really do maybe have a huge impact on the church and the culture in the city and then go. And that's great, you see. That's that short. I think we do a good job of that right now. Yeah. I think we say, come, we want to invest in you. We want to be blessed by you. Make an impact in the church and the city. And then if God moves you on, then we want to bless you. Yeah. You know, So we want to keep doing that really well. And I think like you did a really good job there. Like you, you mentioned there, Steve, that we as a church have done the one to seven years really well. And I think part of that initial conversations in the early times is that the people who commit to two years, then you ask the question like, would you commit for two more? Or would you commit for one more? And I think it's more about, well, I think that's true though, isn't it? It's just like, you know, you might not know what the future is, but for the time that you have there, would you just kind of, you know, invest in your time there and then just keep it as an open, yeah, sort of keep your hearts open to the possibility that you might. It was in my Irish pint theology, you know, come for one, stay for two, come for two, stay for four, come for five, get absolutely, you know, to 10. You know, the Irish culture is like, ah, go for one. Thank you too. I, I, I was pointing, sorry. I heard pie. Pie. Well, you can have pie. I come for one, same two. Okay. I'm reading a passage versus like, I suppose there's the church and there's this church. And yeah. what is the way if we aren't signing our names in a way to be committed? Yeah, I think that's helpful because I think a lot of churches do have this, you know, now you sign the, the document or you give your declaration. So I guess what. I was trying to uh, help us think through is that's what communion is. Communion is your moment coming forward, or however it's taken, and saying, I belong to Christ and his people, and you can hold me accountable, I'm taking responsibility. Now, someone's a visitor, or we're going to panic about it, we're not going to, and if someone takes communion that hasn't been baptised, we're not going to go, stop it, you know. Uh, (laughs) But but it means that that's that's a level of intent. Mm. Hence why we want to teach on it clearly now. 
that coming forward to take communion it has a, loads of meaning and this is part of the meaning of it so the next step is to, for everyone to consider now that I know this and I understand do I want to come forward and keep taking communion and participating in the church like that and if so I'm saying to the church I'm a Jesus follower please hold me accountable to that and what, what does it mean to be Jesus' people right I've got to love you and you know joyfully sincerely all the rest that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, CCC has been going for seven years Yes. and as you mentioned looking for 2028 another seven years ahead um, how can we as like, people who belong to CCC be intentional for like to be part of it part of the mission any hidden like, um, uh, like tips yeah I, th- I, I, I think we need to think of li- I mean look I think there's lots of things we need to explore that question like, I don't think there's a, we've got it all nailed down what that means, but I think part of it means thinking carefully about where we live. Because I do think geographic closeness does make a difference if, if we can. I'm kind of always, but if we can, to think that through. That'd be what, over the next seven years, that is, not you know, yeah. panic now, but like as, as the church grows and evolves. Um, I think the other thing is realizing if you're going to, one of the things I've noticed is if you're new, it's very easy to make friends with someone else that's new. And then you might have a friendship that lasts two or three years and then that person, one of you leaves or you both leave. It takes a lot longer to build friends with the locals because they don't have relational need like a new person has relational need. So there's a mindset going, wow, this is harder than I thought. And I'm here to love Jesus and his, church and, you know, and his world. So I'm going to stick through that. I'm really trying to connect locally and I'm getting nothing back. But if I go to this new community of people that have just arrived, I can get immediate response. We'll never reach the long term. So fighting your way through, you know, again, just speaking from experience, like I I barely understood a word of what the GA lads were saying for the first six months I was going on to training. I'd never played the sport. I mean, I I kind of enjoyed all that as well. But like there was a sense in which it was like, whoa. And, you know, I was this weird English guy playing GA and I'm still the weirdest English guy playing GA. But... uh, you know, that took a while, it took a long time just to persevere and just go, I'll win your respect, hopefully, just by keeping my mouth shut and getting amongst it for a long time, you know? So, um, that kind of attitude of, it might not, it might not, I might not get instant gratification from the things I'm trying to invest in. Mm. Yeah. Any other questions? Um, so, I have a lot on church discipline, but I'm going to ask one for now. So, you know, like, like well, Vanessa said it's quite like building relationship is in the way you kind of let go for you know calling someone out on their sin but how does it look if like there's someone that's been coming to church for a couple of months and they're not in the city group and they're not in a life group and they really just kind of kept themselves themselves but it's like somehow like known or aware that they are in a pattern of sin that they're unrepentant for who and like how is the best way to go about something like that yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no one-size-fits-all, if only there was. So that's where we're led by the Spirit and we ask for wisdom. Uh, I think the general rule of not rushing. And don't panic about that immediately. Jesus seemed to, everyone who was living in sin, Jews, you know, seemed to find a home with Jesus. The Pharisees couldn't stand him. But those that were the prostitutes, so they all found a way that he, he initially welcomed and said, hey, you're accepted here now famous story of the, the woman caught in adultery. Jesus says, well, who, who can cast the first stone here? No one else has got the moral high ground here, and they all walk away. And then Jesus says, so now you've got to leave your life of sin too. 
So we've somehow got to do that. And that might say, in your one tonight, might mean, keep my mouth shut for a year. Love that person, get to know them, pray for them. Make sure they know they're fully welcome. And then pray for an opening where I can get to know them a bit deeper, where I might be able to ask a question. And I probably need to do that, like Jesus did with the woman at the well, by starting in a place of vulnerability and need. Jesus says to the woman at the well, can I have a drink? He's a man. It's like the washing of the feet story. He's a man. He's got all the power in that culture and he puts himself in a position of need. So that's probably more the question, how do I become the kind of person that's approachable but over time I get a position to ask questions? Well, you should, is our point. But it's just, I'm just saying, if you were two months in, I wouldn't be rushing in now. I'd be just getting to know them. But if, I, if you build that relationship and you're having the conversations, then it becomes appropriate to start asking some questions. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. just kind of, yeah, not all one, not one size fits all. Yeah, not one size fits all. That's really important here. In a family, just take my two kids, I've got to handle them very differently. Do you know, three different relationships, but I have to approach it three different ways if I want to have a tough conversation with any of them, which I do have tough conversations with all of them. But I don't take a one-size-fits-all, you know? And my conversations are generally good when I come in from a place of weakness and vulnerability. So we, well, I guess the danger is we start becoming this nitpicky, you holier than now, you've got to have it all sorted and be cleaned up to come to church. And it, that is not what we're talking about. So let's not make that mistake. You know, like a great example is a, a church should be a doctor's waiting room rather than a interview waiting room. In the interview waiting room, everyone's got their CV and their look so tidy and clean and as good as it can be to impress. In the doctor's waiting room, everyone's going, oh, I'm just sick and I hope there's someone that can help me, you know? So a church should be like, we've got an atmosphere, where everyone's going, we're all a bit sick and we're getting help by the great physician, not we're trying to interview for this job and we're all putting our best on, you know? And I suppose it's like through that building relationship that you're prepared to share your, your wrongness and your hurt and then it, that's how they don't feel like you're coming at it from a righteous position. Exactly. All that stuff, that's a great point. So I guess if you don't feel you can share your sin with them, you're probably not in a place to ask them to talk about their sin. Yeah. That's probably actually, I never articulated that, but that's probably a good rule of thumb. Just is a bit of wisdom there. Other questions? No, what you're saying about discipline around kind of the kind of openness and that safety in relationships that like it's a place that you know like if you have families that they are maybe you know they're fighting with each other or they'll say something that they're maybe out of turn or they'll have that real open honest kind of fieriness sometimes yes that actually that is a really good sign of how healthy the relationships are that actually people are themselves around each other as opposed to holding their tongue or not saying something or being very careful and considerate about what they're saying and things like that. Well, there is a place for that, but they're a bit more themselves and I think that's really important in terms of where it comes in churches and then mm-hmm. it is that safe place and in the family first and foremost and then the relationships are more authentic and genuine. And, and therefore, it's great, great, and therefore we don't run away when someone is a bit sharp with us and maybe they got it wrong to be sharp with us, but that's family. Yeah. And we figure that out together rather than run away and get all, you know, we talk about it. And you may, sometimes space is needed too, you know, we're just humans that need a bit of, you know, processing time, yeah. all kinds of things, you know. So. But it's the security that they're not oh, going to leave. They're not going to leave, that's the key. They're not going to leave because yeah. we're in this together and we'll figure it out. And if I was to leave, we'd have some good conversations about that. 
Do you know, it's true though. That's fine. People sometimes do leave churches and sometimes leave churches because things went wrong. But then at least we can be honest and go, do you know, it's just not worked out. I think they're better, you know, and fine. You know, we can be mature enough to handle that. As tough as that would be. I think sometimes with the church system, where it can get, well, maybe I find it confusing is, what is the, using city groups, for example, and we're saying they're the primary place of belonging. Is that then also the primary place of discipline, or again, is it case by case? Yeah, it's case by case. How long someone being part of the city group? Do they see the city group leader and city group where they're, where they're, they're giving permission for that kind of thing? Or are they just connecting stage? I know they're part of the city group, but have they really belonged? Or is it just, connect? you know, so wisdom, case by case, yeah. 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 Right, guys, let's, let's finish there.